Let us pray. Almighty God, you have given us your word and you have called us to yourself this day. Enable us, O Lord, to receive your word, to be changed by it, to be built up by it, to be renewed from our old ways and made fresh by your new ways. Fill us with your spirit this day that all that we do would be received for the sake of Christ our Lord. We ask this all through that very same Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Good and evil both increase at compound interest. That is why the little decisions you and I make every day are of such infinite importance. The smallest good act today is the capture of a strategic point from which, a few months later, you may be able to go on to victories you never dreamed of. An apparently trivial indulgence in lust or anger today is the loss of a ridge or railway line or bridgehead from which the enemy may launch an attack otherwise impossible. C.S. Lewis said that. He's found in his book, Mere Christianity, in part three, book three of it, chapter nine, paragraph eight. I came across that quote a few weeks ago, and it's just been reverberating in my mind for weeks now, that good and evil both increase at compound interest, that the little things we do each day, the little things that we do are affecting greater things, a greater reality than we could ever realize. And as Lewis says, the small act today is a capture of a strategic point from which a few months later you may be able to go on to victories you never dreamed of. That even in the smallest ways that you obey God, in the smallest ways that you follow Him and resist the devil and resist the sin within you, is God's way of working in you of strengthening you, of preparing you for the greater battle ahead. For the greater victory ahead. That as you overcome in little things, in greater things, you will be strengthened to overcome. But yet the same spiritual truth applies in the reverse, that as you give in to those small, little, trivial sins, as Lewis says, in lust and anger, that will shape you in the wrong way and could lead to that loss of a ridge or railway line or bridgehead from which the enemy may launch an attack otherwise impossible. Those little things are just as devastating as the good things are just as beautifying. You may be thinking, how does this relate back to Ash Wednesday this day? It relates back because of what we are doing. We are performing an outward observance of having ashes upon our foreheads, of wearing these ashes, of making known our repentance before men, of owning that repentance and owning that death that our sin deserves. And so how you approach this day means everything in the long run. If your approach to this day is simply to get ashes on your forehead, to look good before others, to think of yourself as a better person because you have received ashes and you have come for the wrong reason, 
You have come to show off as the Pharisees did. You have come to earn accolades from others. Then you have missed the point. The point of these ashes upon your forehead is not to show how righteous you are, but to show how unrighteous you are. For the ash that these ashes are made of represent your death, my death, our death. And in acknowledging our death, they are marked in the shape of a cross. Because through that cross, we receive life. St. Paul told us in his second epistle to the Corinthians, for our sake, he made him, that is, God the Father made Christ to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Working together with him, then we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. I appreciate the fact that we ignore the chapter breaks today. That here is a moment where we could have just stopped at the end of chapter 5, but no, we continue into chapter 6 to hear what else Paul has to say and what he says is of utmost importance. That this day is a day about not receiving the grace of God in vain. This day is about understanding and recognizing the results of sin in this world and sin in yourself. This day is about death, your death, my death, our death. And how do we not receive the grace of God in vain then? By acknowledging our deaths. By recognizing that these ashes represent the just consequence of sin. We are stopping and recognizing that that consequence of sin is death. That all death is linked to sin. All death flows from sin and all sin leads to death. Now don't mistake what I'm saying here. I'm not saying that some particular sin that you have committed is going to be the cause of your death. That is for God to decide. But that the sinfulness within you is why you will die. That was the punishment brought upon this world by Adam and Eve's disobedience. And through their disobedience, we become corrupt. We become broken. We become sinners. And thus we sin and continue to sin because we are sinners. Our sin does not make us sinners, but our sinnerness, our being sinners, is what leads us to sin. But yet on this day, as we recognize the results of sin is death, mysteriously, through death, God has brought us life. Through His grace, through that amazing grace that He has bestowed upon us, He brings forth life out of death. And that life out of death is in Jesus Christ. For all of Lent is driving us toward Holy Week. And through Holy Week, we come to Easter. And we know that the end goal is life. It is resurrection. It is the overcoming of death by God Himself in Christ. And that in that overcoming of death, as we embrace our unrighteousness and turn from that unrighteousness to God Himself, we come to know righteousness. We come to know true righteousness. We come to know the truth of who God is. 
that in him is righteousness. And thus in Christ we become the righteousness of God. Because Christ died and was rose again and was raised again, we can turn to him, be placed in him through baptism, be renewed in him through communion, be bound up more and more to him through the practices of scripture reading, of prayer, of fasting, of giving. And we become alive. Those acts are not righteous in and of themselves, but yet because God has made us righteous, they are well-pleasing to Him because Christ has united Himself to us and purifies all of our actions, purifies all that we do this day. And thus, Lewis can tell us that good and evil both increase at compound interest as we have been renewed by God, as we have been given the very righteousness of God Himself placed in us through Christ. We are enabled to pursue the good and to resist the evil in a new and profound way. That righteousness leads to life, but we have no righteousness in ourselves and that is why it must be gifted to us from Christ. That is why God the Father must unite us to Christ to bring that perfect righteousness that Christ has that we cannot have in and of ourselves. We are united and brought together and thus that mystery of seeing death and owning our death to come recognizing the death that comes from sin, the mystery of life coming out of that because with death means sin can be dealt with, that Christ can deal with sin by His grace, by His death and His resurrection. He takes our sin from us. He takes our right unrighteousness. He takes our lawlessness. He takes our law-breaking, our wickedness, our misdeeds upon Himself. And thus we are being appealed to this day to not receive that grace, that amazing grace of God in vain. And the way that we don't receive it in vain is by receiving righteousness, by saying, I am unrighteous. I deserve death. My sins are punishable by God, the just one. And it is righteous for Him to judge sin. And so receive the grace of God this day. Be renewed by the grace of God this day. Receive that which God is giving to you, that you might move forward in life, that you might go through this holy Lent, considering the good that you can do, the good that you will do by the power of the Spirit given to you. As you draw near in prayer and Scripture reading, as you draw near through fasting, setting aside that which is our distractions from God, in order that you might draw near to Him as He has drawn near to you in Christ. That you will be enabled to make those right decisions. That you will see that those small things are important. That you are called to do good. You are called to pursue good. And Lent reminds us of that as we wrestle with our sin nature, as we wrestle with the sinfulness within. We can turn from that sinfulness. Turn toward God. And when we look back, we will see the evil of our sins and we can confess and mourn and repent and turn from those things even more deeply. And thus receive the grace of God in joy. Receive His renewal in joy. Receive His greatness in joy. But it's not under our own power. 
It is only by the power of God himself. It is only the work of God in us that draws us to repentance. It is the work of God that has brought us up to receive these ashes. It is the work of God for us to embrace the fact that we will die. But through that death, we will come to new life. Through that death, we will be refreshed by the Father. And so Lewis reminded us deeply of that need to reflect on the actions that we perform, to know that they will have a ripple effect on out into every day of our lives, but that that all begins ultimately with our faith in Christ, with our repentance and turning from sin. And so I conclude this day with this prayer from the Book of Common Prayer. And the prayer goes as this, Turn thou us, O good Lord, and so shall we be turned. Be favorable, O Lord, be favorable to your people, who turn to thee in weeping, fasting, and prayer. For thou art a merciful God, full of compassion, long-suffering, and great pity. Thou sparest when we deserve punishment, and in thy wrath, There is mercy. Spare thy people, good Lord, spare them, and let not thine heritage be brought to confusion. Hear us, O Lord, for thy mercy is great, and after the multitude of thy mercies look upon us through the merits and mediation of thy blessed Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.